moments will be lost in time. Like tears. You talk first. <laughs> <laughs> I see what Sucker. you did there. Ah. Gotcha. Yeah, see, I can edit the podcast afterwards. So that <laughs> I make, you can make anyone talk first. That's right. Yeah. true. I can make you say anything I want. Billy, no, seriously, you talk first. Billy, Billy, go. Right. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think this is? We're talking now. Hi, <laughs> welcome to Film Runners. Uh, we are here today. We are joined by a very special guest. It is oh, Ben Cohen. Michael Jesus. Oh, thank you. Claps. <laughs> Again, editing. I can make that clapping better. But Oh, sure. Okay. Oh, that clapping was fantastic. Fuck you, Billy. That was some good No, clapping. exactly. That clapping is so good, I'm just going to loop it so that it oh. seems like there's like 500 of those. Okay. Well, it was subtle and on time, so that's good. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I, I got you guys to watch a movie. How many people watched it? Or who's oh, seen we were- it before? We were supposed to watch a movie? <laughs> oh, no. Well, we could take... Let's take a break for a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking and of we're on back. time. <laughs> we're back. Editing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you mean if we had seen it before today. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. No. I, I had not. This is my first time watching it. I'd heard of it before. Cool. Um, but I had never actually sat down and watched it and so this was a very new experience for me and also i think it's worth noting this is the first documentary that the film runners are watching as a group so thank you for giving us that opportunity excellent uh yeah happy to do happy to oblige Are you there <laughs> <laughs> oh i love our chemistry tonight <clears throat> um we're just you... fire, fire it on all cylinders yeah exactly <laughs> just uh, so, good. so the movie, if you want to um, maybe introduce it and give a quick rundown sure. of what it is, I guess. Yeah, so uh, the movie is A Band Called Death. It is a documentary, and it sort of turned upside down, or the the subject turned upside down, the history of uh, punk rock music, uh, specifically that a band created uh, a genre of music beforehand. However, there's other bands that did the same thing. So I actually like to think of it as different bands doing different things without knowing that the other bands are doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, pre-Ramones, a couple years before, they uh, made some music. And it's partially about that, but it's mostly centered around the Hackney family and um, their family dynamic and some other things along those lines. It's a very personal movie. It is a very personal movie. One of the reasons I I kind of pushed to have this be the one is I actually live just down the street from where uh, Bobby Sr. lives. 
and oh. sort of friends. My wife is is pretty decent friends with uh, Bobby Jr. So it was a it's a little added thing that we can bring into the discussion. Very cool. Nice. So like it's a, it's a personal movie, and you have a personal connection with it as well. Yeah. Sort. Cool. Very yeah. Interesting. Essentially. So it should be it should be a fun conversation. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So objectively though now that we know that it's personal what did you guys think of the film well this is awkward because i hated it i specifically hated bobby no uh (laughs) (laughs) no it's i mean it's a fantastic movie um like like you guys said um not only is the history very interesting um the musical history and like just any sort of like lost to time gems kind of documentaries are always very cool but um yeah but getting to know the Hackney family was like the most intriguing part of it, and mm. uh, they just all seem like lovely, very talented people. <laughs> and I definitely don't hate any of them. I'm just kidding. Well, it's not possible, so that I understand Ex- exactly. Yeah. It seems very impossible to dislike them. To to be frank, they are very nice people, uh, and we can get into that later. <laughs> to reveal but... a hidden dark secret, yeah, they're lovely. The, spoiler alert: they are lovely. Uh, Incha, what did you think of the movie? I liked it a lot. I actually forgot that I saw it on Netflix before they took it off, and then I was mad about it. Um, but I very, very much like the history and everything they contributed to punk rock before then. I hate their spiritual band. Spoilers, I really fucking hate their spiritual band. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, what are they called? The, the fourth... Um... The fourth movement? Right, the fourth movement. I'm like... I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is kind of garbage. Please be death again. Um, but no, I liked it. And I specifically like the family a lot. That's so sweet. How like they, everything about them is just so nice. Um, but yeah, that's my take. I also just genuinely liked the music. Like after watching the movie, I went on Bandcamp and like searched for this band that I wanted to listen to, which makes sense because I just watched a two hour promo for them. Yeah. But, but like they, it's legitimately like it's no wonder it caught on so suddenly once they were revealed to the world. Yeah, that that album is sick. It really yeah. is. It's so good. And the other thing is that uh, so they're Bobby Senior's sons. Uh, they made this band Rough Ranches, which is featured in the film pretty prominently. They're one of Burlington's. I mean, we're in Burlington, Vermont, or outside Burlington, Vermont. Um, they're one of the best bands. You ever visit the Coat Factory? <laughs> that's, that's I think that's Burlington, Ontario, not, Michael. Not, not the same thing. Oh, okay. Very, Sorry, carry but, on. But but it is cold here and we wear coats, so it's fine. So close so, enough. Uh, we'll call that a win for me. Approximately. Okay. So there's there's a lot of background stuff that happens outside of the context of the film. I mean, the, I, even for me, I feel like the film kind of drags on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they left out so much stuff, plus since then, things that have happened in the community. There's so much more of a story to add to it. You could do another two hours, honestly. What the Suns are doing now is kind of amazing as well. Yeah, because it, it came out uh, five years ago now, right? Right. And um, because, it, like, immediately after I watched I had seen it before, and then I watched it again, and then immediately afterwards, uh, I went on YouTube and listened to the album, <laughs> and then uh, when I was Googling, I um, I saw they they put out three other albums since then. 
like yeah. death death has um uh i don't know about that is that right yeah, uh, there, they, there were like three albums of the old material, and then they okay. have one. Yeah, one is new a, all brand new. Yeah, right. New yeah, lineup. yeah. Oh, with relief. That's that song. Those are yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um. So yeah, it does seem like there's a lot. Of, like there's a continuing story that uh, I would find very like I would love to see follow up to a band called Death. Right. Yeah, that would be cool. There is kind of a thing that's happening along those lines it's not the same but the reason i know bobby's he went to high school we're in jericho vermont he went he went to high school here i I actually taught a class that um uh that eri kind of snuck into a couple times uh that's that's the younger brother and he they they basically um bobby kind of grew up in this club called uh 242 main street and that's where my wife hung out, and that was the punk scene. That's uh, probably the most famous person come out of there is Eugene Hutz of uh, Gogo <laughs> Bordello. And oh, yeah. so they were all friends, all part of the same same groups. Um, there's a documentary coming out next year uh, about that, and they're trying to get that club uh, started up. It, the building was condemned, I think, last year, and the club was originally funded and started by bernie sanders when he was mayor of burlington uh with the help of jane sanders so it's all like kind of this ongoing local story um and so there is in in a sense a sequel it's just not focused on the hackney family as much as the scene that came uh after the hackneys arrived you know the, the punk rock scene here which is why the sons of bobby senior are so freaked out by this uh reveal that they're dead. yeah it's a revelation yeah they, they they were i mean that saved their lives to a certain degree in that they wouldn't be making music without that that club mm-hmm. and the family so it's the two pieces together what's well, cool because and it kind of goes with how i i've always seen documentaries and that because it is something that's just taking place on the real world any documentary is kind of just opening a can of worms because like, obviously like every story is connected to like 500 other stories and it's just how you choose to segment that off and tell it. And that if you're telling a story about real life, there's always going to be another chunk of that story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like this, the, the not follow up, but this uh, new one that sort of um, takes place in the same, uh atmosphere of it um it will very much be the fierce creatures to a band called deaths of fish called wanda that is true. <laughs> sort of a, a spiritual <laughs> successor good point <laughs> but it does it sounds very very interesting and uh, i'm super intrigued about that that's very cool um and something something you said that uh really stood out to me while watching a band called death is that um like you said it it's sort of like saved their like they wouldn't be doing what they were doing if this revelation hadn't come out about death right <laughs> that it's um true i love that at the end it's such like a family thing like it's sort of like the legacy lives on they're not they aren't just rediscovered as a band that performed did a great album that was like forgotten never picked up and then it was sort of found again and people were like oh this is amazing it's it like created a new wave in their family 
of uh, hopefully success, which I thought was very nice. The theme of the film really is about family, spirituality, death, and then subordinate to that, you know, punk rock music. Mm -hmm. And leading up to knowing that we were going to have this conversation, I was thinking about um, the connection with death with them. Uh, I I met I met Bobby Senior actually at uh, a sort of memorial party at uh, for the person who actually built the house that I that we live in, and who was a friend of of Bobby Seniors, and so right. we have a connection to them. They actually had a daughter. Bobby Senior and his wife had a daughter who was killed in a car accident, which is not talked about at all in the movie, which I found very interesting. Um, mm. by somebody who lives on the hill where uh, my wife grew up. Uh, my okay. wife grew up the hill above their house, essentially. Mm. And so there's this constant theme of death, but at the same time, they're, and really harnessed by David, their their understanding and acceptance of, of death is really kind of remarkable, or maybe just a a really good guide on how to approach it. And I, even though I'm not necessarily a spiritual person, I really was inspired. I'm constantly inspired by them. Um, we went, when I saw the film originally, I saw it in the theater with the family, like in the row in front of us. Mm-hmm. And then death played afterwards. It was like the most, one of the most oh, amazing so cool. of, It was one of the most <laughs> amazing so experiences cool. of my life. It was like, and I know them sort of, but my relationship with Bobby is through my wife for the most part. And then on end, in addition, we have this connection because we have an inverse experience. Um, I grew up in a mostly, well, I partially grew up in, in a mostly uh, black community and I'm white and Jewish. And he grew up in a mostly white community being one of two black families in the town. And mm-hmm. so we have this, I was sitting there like, you know, just thinking about all these things. And these are just the most giving people. And they really are. They really are like that. Every time I've ever talked to a hackney, it's been just a nice experience. It it is um like you said, it's it's a very um spiritual fit like I I'm like you, I'm not a very spiritual person, but when um when they were talking about why the name death for the band was so important to David, um yeah. it it like made perfect sense to me. And then like without if David wasn't such a like I could tell he he was such a great presence in the documentary without mm-hmm. even really being in it you could just tell right. he was just such yeah. a big influence for them so when it got to the part where they were talking about the label was like well if you change your name and he was like adamant not to like I was 100% on his side after finding out like his explanation for why it was so important to him um and it's so yeah I, I think it's a it's a very very spiritual film there was a moment uh, in the film, which I noticed today when I was watching it, that I didn't notice before. They're on stage and they, they you know, they do the close-up shot of this, uh, the poster that they have of David on stage. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just lighting, but the lighting caused these four dots to show up mm. in the the uh, Death Triangle. And I was like, what? I mean, is what is happening? Are they doing this on purpose? <laughs> or is this just like actual spiritual stuff taking over the film at this point? And it was this very subtle moment that I didn't notice the first couple times I've watched it. And I noticed it today. I don't know why. 
it, yeah, it, it was very interesting the way they they presented him specifically, and I think they did it perfectly to kind of set up his genius and then sort of the explanation of why he didn't necessarily go anywhere in a very tragic way, which was about his his lack of compromise. Yeah. Like, even from, like, that, when they're showing, like, his, his telephone pranks and the way that the <laughs> delay was set up on the phone, I'm just, like, like, the way that pressing those buttons made the echo, I'm, like, that is, like, the intro to an amazing song right there. Right. And yeah. it's just a little telephone prank they're doing, but it's it's editing sound, it's knowing how that can emotionally resonate with somebody. Um, I, I thought that was one of the best parts for his character, making him kind of like a Sid Barrett type right. within the film. And then when you get to like him shooting the wedding footage, and he's not necessarily in that footage, but it's all from his perspective. Yeah. I thought that was another fantastic sequence of just a way to use found footage. They did a, They did some interesting things in terms of the film making, which I know is kind of what we tend to focus on this podcast a lot more. But, uh, you know, they do the intro with, with Howard Stern, which is kind of like, you know, okay. Um, and then they run right into Henry Rollins, and you can't have a punk documentary without <laughs> Henry Rollins in it. It's a rule. Uh, and he, and he literally or, or that punk icon Elijah Wood. <laughs> okay, by the okay, what I'll get back to Henry Rollins. Let me talk about Elijah Wood. So that was really weird, but I will say this: Eugene Hutz, who again Gogo Bordello was in a band called the Fags, and he played he played two forty two, and he was friends with all of those guys. He was in a film one time. He's been in a film, and it was. Everything is Illuminated, starring Elijah Wood. So, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if that's a, the connection at all. I he, assume must, a, he, he must have, because they credited him as... As a CEO how, of a record As a company. record label, right? Yeah. So maybe he's got they, a They didn't just put Frodo down there. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah, I don't know what... Because it's weird, because I don't think Eugene necessarily would have been behind the scenes helping orchestrate anything in this that doesn't seem to be how the relationship is but at the same time why is elijah wood there yeah, it's, and it's, it's super weird and then i'm like trying to make a connection i'm like well i got a connection i don't know if it's real but there it is so that was what i was thinking about but the henry Anyways, rollins thing, i'm sorry <laughs> that's all right the henry rollins thing was great because he really just sort of set it up so nicely i mean by what did he say he said i think i wrote it down uh, the quickest version of Death Story is almost like the uh, intro to a to a movie trailer, and that really is what it's like. It's just mm -hmm. it's, I don't know. It was a pretty cool setup, and then of course, yeah, you have to have uh, Quest Love in there because he's he's basically the Henry Rollins of all other music, and <laughs> a few other people. It's pretty awesome. Well, I my first note that I wrote down was that I almost literally got whiplash going from Henry Rollins to Kid Rock. <laughs> it's, it's it's hard. It's a hard it, move. It is. Um, but yeah, those were cool, and I I was glad that um, they do set it up like they set the scene. They're familiar faces, and they sort of um, give us that sort of uh, trailer esque lead into it. But then I did enjoy that you barely see them until the very end again. Yeah. When they yeah. come back. I, I did right. like that it was mostly a hackney film after that, which was good. 
Yeah, and how they split it in half. The other thing they did was, so they had Questlove, but then they also had um, Vernon Reed, who is the guitarist mm -hmm. for Living Color. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was important because there's basically, it's not just that Death, you know, was a black band who invented punk rock. It's other black, you know, black bands that have gone on to play, you know, punk and metal since then. And it turns out that the Bad Brains were influenced by them uh, because they had a copy of of the record. Uh, and Vernon Reed is, you know, he's the lead guitarist for Living Color, and he's one of he's one of my he's he's my favorite guitarist in the world, really. And so they have him in there, and he adds legitimacy to those who are like, yeah, you know, really suspicious of the whole thing. Right. Uh, and that was really a nice touch. And then they go to the attic, which is down the road, two and a half miles down the road from me right now. And and from there, the Hackney story really just takes off. It's kind of a nice setup. Mm -hmm. Well, what I thought was great about it was that, like, I really, other other than some of the cutaways in the production um, of just, you know, showing the pictures and stuff, I didn't really feel the filmmaker's presence in telling the Hackney story. It was very much like the Hackneys were going back to the locations they used to go and it would spur on memories they had from those right. locations. Like it was very much them telling their own story. Absolutely. It helps that they're very, um, they're, they're just fun to listen to. Like, yeah, they're, they're, oh, yeah, they're very super charismatic. Yeah. So it was just really easy for them to uh, tell the story and that's all they needed. Who I, I totally forgot to write the name down, but the second oldest brother who wasn't in the band, what was his name? Oh, oh Earl. He's, he's the it? oldest brother. The oldest brother. Right. Yeah, uh, he he's, was hilarious. He's 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 amazing. Yeah, he spent like his two big talking head segments just dying laughing, and I was laughing <laughs> right. with him. He's so yeah. cool. Yeah, and the other thing is, so they they had that split between. Well, I he had this other part where he was like really bring, grounding the spiritual side of things, where mm -hmm. he was more subdued, and I thought that was great too. He he just yeah he really kind of bookended it for me in a way. Mm -hmm. Nice. It was, uh, I also, uh, it was sad, um, um, their mother's funeral was very sad. I, I, but yeah. yeah. by the time it gets to that point, you're just so invested with, with this family that it, it was, uh, it was it so really appropriate sad. to the film though, as well, of how yeah. much death influences them in their lives and, and literally to see, all right, here, here is death again. Let's see how this family does deal with it. Yeah, and it also it 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 um um thematically not that I mean obviously it's not a it's a true story but uh thematically it, it works to create that triangle by their father's death and David's death and the mother's death being yeah. like the three three major sort of but uh, uh obviously they didn't I'm not saying the filmmakers killed their no, mother. That's, really... <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Well that's really I mean that's I don't think so... everyone was accusing you of saying that, but I could I could see it in your little <laughs> avatar eyes. <laughs> I don't think uh anybody's gonna No, it's storytelling and it just yeah. so happened that things were coming there were things that's the thing about this story, is there are unexplained events. Like you said with the lights, it's like this spiritual hand that's sort of gets going in the in the film that's uh unexplainable but um but really works to to accentuate this story you know sometimes my uh yeah 
agnostic self has to be like, okay, fine. This is the way it is. Hand of God has taken over. <laughs> you know? Not when you're not when you're driving, right? Like, you know, no, like, no. Okay, hand of God. Well, it depends over. on maybe on my last drive, I'll do that, but I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Incha, did you watch this movie at all? <laughs> I hate you, fucking Michael. This is fucking great. <laughs> Incha, I've only I've only thought that three times in the last fifteen minutes. You're, you're good. <laughs> Don't worry. You could just record a bunch of. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yep. okay, I'm about to do that. Spread that out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... you could have just set him like a three minute collection of that and then you wouldn't have even had to waste your time honestly <laughs> like i feel like billy just like kind of inserts my giggles as i go along well yeah i mean it covers up any edits i need to do anyways but see it anything like terrible that michael ever says it's fine everything's fine yeah. <laughs> well no there's I... too much of that to cover but... i i literally have assumed that listening to the podcast multiple times I'm... They're just setting it right. That's it. <laughs> well, Billy Billy told me one time, I can't remember which episode, he was like, oh, for some reason you're like Mike or the thing cut out for the last like 15 minutes. So I just looped in a bunch of laughs from earlier. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks, Billy. I hope we didn't lose any gems. <laughs> well, we may have, but it, it was your audio that messed up. So that's not my responsibility. That's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. What were we talking about? Uh, we were giving Incha a chance to have a point because we were just all like <laughs> men talking over each other. Were so, we no, really though? Very much I don't think we were at all. No, why don't you let us decide whether? No, we I. I watched it, but no, like I. <laughs> <laughs> The one thing that I really... I, and on that point, I also... <laughs> See? <laughs> the one thing that really... <laughs> the one thing that really got me about the film as a whole was, like, not even the spiritual stuff. It wasn't, like, anything about... It was kind of, like... It was the beginning, most of all, of them fighting to maintain their identity in the kind of realm of, like, these are some black guys playing rock and roll music. Cause like, as a black girl who's had like who mm-hmm. like just listened to punk rock music in a black neighborhood growing up everybody looks at you side eye like what the fuck is she doing so it's it's nice to see someone like david who's like david and the brothers but mostly david who like got me the most like it's kind of nice to see him have those influence mm-hmm. like the who and alice coop like in the other brothers with alice cooper or like the one quote that he had was like, if I could play chords like Peter Townsend and play lead like Jimi Hendrix, I am the ideal guitar player. And it's like having those influences in your life as you're growing up very, very much shapes you. And I like that them figuring out, figuring out their identity with like their sounds and stuff like that really shine through. Like that, that was a really big thing for me. And I was just like, oh my heart yes do that thing it 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 does a good job of um definitely like putting you on their side not that everyone <laughs> would be like against them if they're watching yeah. but to be like like to see their passion just like shine through like when they're showing 
their small ass room that they like converted to basically just the jam space. Yeah, um, yeah. It, you could tell you were like, man, yeah. these, these dudes like wanted it, you know, and they just loved it so much. I loved that room too. My, I wish we could just see a little bit more of it. Even that story. The thing about that story is that, or their story is, it's repeated in these documentaries about you know, there's a there's a bad brains documentary. It's the same thing. It's like they're in this, they're in this place where they're like, this is how I feel, and I just oh. want to express how I feel, and everything outside of that is telling me no, you can't be like this, oh. and it's the same thing with the the fishbone documentary they they're all experiencing the same thing and yet this is all their culture we've you know just I, even the jewish side of me has you know appropriated this culture it's absurd like we've totally and it's yeah it it's, comes naturally it's, it's uh it's it's unfortunate that they weren't huge or considered um sort of fathers of the the punk genre early on because it would have very much been like a reclamation, you know, of, yeah. of an art form. Yeah. Yeah, be like exactly, because like when everyone's saying like, oh, you can't listen to that, that's white boy music. It's like, is it really if you look at it? No. Yeah, it's, and the the other thing is there's, it's not like it's decades later that there's other, you know, you know, that there's black people playing punk rock music. No, it's within a year or two. I mean, Dead Kennedys, their drummer's black. I mean, it, it's, and there's Jello Biafra being the spokesperson for for having had, you know, he collected this album, the album, and he, he happened to have it in his collection. And so they, you know, halfway through the movie, there's Jello Biafra talking about, it. but his drummer, I mean, I don't, he didn't have that connection to them, but he might as well. Yeah. It's his music. We're just playing along. Mm-hmm. This is a complete 100% side track thought. Um, when they mentioned Jello Biafra later on in the film, yeah, uh, I didn't like it because I have a thing with certain names where when I hear them, I get them stuck in my head for literally several days. I'll just find <laughs> myself in any sort of quiet moment in my head repeating the name, like Clue Gulliger is one of them, but Jello Biafra will pop into my head occasionally, and then it'll stay in there for like three days. And it, it it's like distracting. So it was very annoying when it popped back up. And I was like, oh great, I'm going to have to think about this fucker for the next three days. But I don't think about it. I just repeat the name over and over in my head. I don't know. Anyway, you could cut That's that out, Billy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've heard worse things about Jello Biafra. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's the nicest thing <laughs> instead of a Jello um, you know what I uh, really enjoyed early on in the film was when they were going and talking to the the older women in the neighborhood, yes. asking them if they remembered why, like when they were jamming, and then being like, "Oh yes, we remember that." Like, is I, it like you know, you should have been quieter. I I love them. They were great. <laughs> I'm always um, so impressed with any. Um, uh, like I consider, I don't, I don't have any musical talent, so I, I consider songwriting like magic. It's like fairy dust. Like I have no idea how it happens. How people can just come together, start making sounds, start putting like their emotions to it, and then like a song pops out. Like it's, it seems so incomprehensible to me that I love, like, seeing any sort of documentary or movie or whatever that 
that shows that because it's still incomprehensible even if i see it so it like it, it was it was like magical to me when they were talking about um the the girls knocking on their door yeah and then just turning that into a song like a really catchy song like immediately after just offhand i was like it's it's amazing like to me it's amazing but it's amazing when you know people who aren't good too like i know lots of people in bands who like totally suck and they can write songs but <laughs> but it's it's so impressive when they can like just come up with a song i don't know crazy it really is it's i i play drums and i can't write a song there's no way yeah i have so a I... friend uh, uh i have a friend aaron he plays drums and he he has i think he said he he has trouble writing so like he can't just write a song and then come there with us like he has no problem sort of creating one on the spot with other people but mm-hmm, he's yeah. he said he's very impressed with uh with people who can write songs too and whereas he, our, our friend tim has absolutely no musical talents <laughs> and he can't do anything at all right <laughs> <laughs> poor poor tim i don't know yeah it's it's interesting that, and then meanwhile rough francis has literally three drummers because it is true <laughs> that dennis like trained all those kids how to play drums so that one drummer plays drums, the other one plays guitar, and the other one sings. And they write really good songs. I just saw them, actually, on Friday, and it was kind of like... I, E-Ride, to me, is now like one of the best drummers I've ever seen live. And it was I wasn't expecting it. I was like, they're really good. I know they're tight. I know they write fun songs. I know they're political. I know they're really happy, nice people. This is going to be a fun experience. I'm, I'm going to have a good time. And then all of a sudden... You guys playing these licks that I'm just like, what are you doing? Where did that come from? And he's better. He's the best drummer in that family. And that family is basically a family. Like all drummers. All drummers. I didn't really expect going into this, the, uh, the second generation aspects of like yeah. the, the sons essentially taking up the mantle of what that first band represented and just giving it another shot without being shot down. Yeah, like that was very moving to me, especially just the way they came to it of the fact that the sons didn't even know that their dads had done that and found out through like a roommate in college. Yeah, when they were like totally losing their shit, when they found out, when they were like, is this actually you? Were you in a band called Death? It was so funny. Yeah, wait, so Julian, he screams out basically, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And it's like, yes. I mean... Well, I don't actually know. Like, I should have asked Bobby Sr. I was like, did you know where your kids were going at night? I mean, because they were going to, like, hardcore shows in this little box that was really hot and playing the loudest, fastest music they could. Yeah. And they must have been playing it at home. I don't understand what yeah, happened. Like, oh, yeah, I used to do that when I was your age. <laughs> Like, like, that's what I would do. I'd be, like, name-dropping or something. Yeah, you'd think you'd want to get, like, the the cred of being like, yeah, oh, like, yeah, I was in this, you know, little known. Yeah, back in the day, we did that stuff. That's what I would have done. No, no. They're like, we're in Lambsbury, we're playing our reggae stuff, and those kids and their loud music. <laughs> Just like the ladies down the street when they were kids. It was yep. the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's full circle, man. Um, yeah. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Or become a member of Lamb Spread. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Which you know, I, I we just got snippets of the music. I didn't dislike it. I'm not a big reggae fan, but it was okay. Um, but uh, they uh, are very popular here. I are they? Say. Well, I yeah. can tell because when they showed the the they panned across the audience listening to it. 
there were a lot of white people <laughs> extremely into it. <laughs> That's right. Extremely into it. That's, I mean, Vermont, yes, they had this punk scene or they have this punk scene, but honestly, it's mostly folk music, reggae, um, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a very popular uh, approach here. It, it, I that one I really can't stand did, uh, <laughs> it did seem like the band where it's like well this will do we have some we've settled and it's a moderate amount of success yeah i was just glad they were still like doing some music somehow you know what i mean um absolutely yeah although apparently uh the spiritual stuff was not so cool uh yeah <laughs> the fourth movement even the name i mean you could tell i don't know were... i think i could get into that more than lamb's bread that's that's oh well uh, yeah it took me forever to figure out whether he was saying spread or bread or lamb's bread. I couldn't I, figure it out. I thought he was saying lambless bread, like in Lord of the Rings, hence lambless the Elijah bread. Wood appearance. Oh, that makes more sense. I, I'll go with that. Now Billy has to do reggae covers of every lamb's bread song, but call his <laughs> band Lambless Bread and change the lyrics to be about <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I, I have to. I can yep. get I can get you to open up for Rough Francis. This will be great. <laughs> <laughs> like how they cover death, I'm now going to cover lamb spread. Lamb spread, except yeah. in a weird Al sort of way. <laughs> going to change the lyrics completely. That would work. They would be open to that. Well, they did. They seem like they would be open to it. They definitely seem like pretty easy going to. Yeah, it's true. Incha. What? You hear? <laughs> Incha, what do you think about uh, lamb's bread? We'll move on. What else do we have? Can we, can we loop that a few times? Just have her be like, Mm-mm, the whole time. She just disagrees with everything you say. No, no. You did not grow up. You don't live in Burlington. Don't lie. That's a really good idea. We should just do that. Yeah. I like that edit. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, I really, I'm sorry I didn't, you know, suggest a f- uh, film with more, you know, fiction in it. No, it, it's, not... it's interesting to actually um, go to a documentary because, like, I, I'm i a fan of documentaries. I don't know about the other two film runners. What do you, what do you two think of the form? Yeah, I love documentaries. Yeah, documentary. Is- Grizzly Man's like one of my favorite movies. Of oh, fucking course it is. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I was happy. It's a change of pace, uh, especially after doing like four horror movies in a row, mm-hmm. and and then a Billy movie, which is always depressing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then getting to do you know a really good movie uh, was fun, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess um, there's not as much to talk about thematically or whatever but weirdly there ended up being uh quite a bit to talk about thematically well and, i mean uh, it's it's still a movie they're still constructing it even if it is real well yeah that's true I Absolutely. Mean, every, every documentary has a point of view there's no such thing as unbiased blah 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 um we get it billy <laughs> but <laughs> what i'm saying is um no it was cool it was a great choice for sure Incha didn't watch it, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Incha has like ten pages of notes we're not letting her get to. But what are we forgetting? Um, let me check my notes. Incha, quick before Incha's my gone. Incha, come on! <laughs> Incha's <gone>. Incha, <laughs> perform. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
have one really sad note. Sad? Okay, let's let's hear it. All right, give okay. us your sad note. So there's a David quote that I really liked, and it was the pure rock and roll is not what you is what you don't play over the radio. And yes. that me it makes a lot of sense for a ton of different reasons, like a lot of musicians and stuff like that, especially like in the context of this film, a lot of musicians and stuff don't get popular until they are dead. And yeah. that makes makes me sad. But that made me just sad. I want that tattooed somewhere on my body. I'm just like, that makes so much sense. How about your forehead? Mm, maybe. Maybe. I, I agree with, I mean, I, that's essentially how I think, well, I, I make comics, so when I, you know, I make comics that are unpopular, I know I'm doing a good job because nobody reads them. That's basically my attitude about it. And I've always felt the same way about music. Like, if it's on the radio, I'm just like, Ugh. I don't know if I really like this anymore. Yeah. And that's a pretty snotty attitude to have about it, but it's also a real point. I mean, he's just trying to keep things real. Yeah. It is. I mean, it, yeah, it's very much, it's, I mean, I, I feel like it's something we can all agree on is even if, even if you enjoy a band that's being played on the radio, very often your favorite song will be buried somewhere on the album that never, ever hits the charts. In right. Anything, you know what I mean? Um, that's right. Well, I mean, and it makes sense. I mean, for for film runners as a podcast, I think that's very in tune with our philosophy towards film as well. <laughs> Speaking like, of things that are very unpopular. Like, well, no, I mean, every episode of this podcast is a film that at least one of us has not seen. And so the fact that is that we're not covering mainstream movies, we're not looking for like those pop hits. We're into like those deep cut B-sides that really play. Yeah, but I cut like the Philadelphia story, Billy. <laughs> I think it proves the point, though. I mean, I, I I haven't listened to every episode of the podcast, but I what I, I haven't listened to every episode of the podcast. But oh, okay. um, I would say one out of four, I'm like, you know, I really need to see that movie, and Ooh. I think that's the point: is that you know everybody's going to find what they what they like and what what works for them and it's not going to be the same one every time and that's good well it's it's going back to the film it's like um is it rollins who says it at the end someone says it that uh, a band like death is like discovering something like that is what keeps you going back to the records yeah right yeah and it was rollins that said that yeah absolutely so good night good note incha good note excellent yeah can we talk about clive davis for a sec no um, we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Never mind. <laughs> Enough Clive Davis in the world. All right, very good. Well, thanks for no go for it. No, no, that was Michael's sarcasm. No, no, no. God dang it! Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Clive Davis. So that guy's like really famous and super important, and he passed up on a good thing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and honestly, I bet you. Four years later, if somebody had brought that to him, he would have been like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, the name Death, it's like that. That's not a crazy extreme name. And no. it's not something that I think a couple years. I mean, like, less than like three years later, Alice Cooper is on The Muppet Show selling Miss Piggy's soul to the devil. So just naming your band Death isn't crazy. Which is one of the better episodes of The Muppet Show? 
I mean, it is, so, admittedly. It is, like, yeah. they're, admittedly, they're a great Halloween episode. All right, guys, this isn't a Muppet show. Can we keep it keep it focused here? Let's not go talking about Muppets all the time, Billy. Like. <laughs> um, no, but, like... Uh, That's not a problem, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is a problem, because I gotta hear Billy talk about Muppets all the time. <laughs> really, he does, he does. Um, all right, Bill, Billy, you have my information. You call me about the Muppets anytime. <laughs> all right. You take it up the street to bed. He'll talk Sounds good. <laughs> But what, um, like, like you were saying, Ben, about, um, um, they were a couple years early, but it was still sort of like, it was like lateral, like they didn't, you know, they, they were coming up at the same time as other people. They just didn't get as big. So it is unfortunate that like that happens to this day where something new and interesting that will blow up big in a couple of years would only be picked up while that thing was in mid-swing or at the height or even like as it was getting played out completely so it's unfortunate because like like you said i think um or like billy said i think a band like calling your band death obviously didn't play for them then but in a couple years when like the very macabre like theatrical or punk aesthetic was in like death would be a very like it's not like it was called like throat slit or something right yeah Yeah, that's more of a 1984 thing yeah 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 i I mean they there was something in the ether i mean you had these just these pockets of neighborhoods or or cities where things were happening Mm -hmm. and people were sort of coming to the same conclusions and i was born in 75 so i don't really know but i was born into an uh into a community where there was a lot of stuff happening on that was kind of in the water, I guess. And that Uh just seems to be one of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Crediting them saying, oh, they invented something is not the point. The point is is that they came to a unique conclusion, a unique version of something that was receptive to not only potentially people at the same time as at their time, but moving forward and in such an extreme way 35 years later Mm. is kind of amazing it is it is good that um as much as it is sort of a a sad and tragic story um especially when it when it comes to david it does sort of ultimately have a happy ending because even if you look at it through david's point of view like he he said it himself death is at the end it's just something that happens and he knew in his heart that death was going to be rediscovered or at least hoped enough that it was as close as knowing um and it's it's it is a very happy ending that rough francis and death itself gets to live on really yeah i mean it, ultimately he he wins in the end mm-hmm. yeah and he, and he knew he would too he's he's like here take these tapes they're people they're going to come for them mm-hmm. and that's the hardest part for us to even now you know, rap, we just watched the movie. We saw it happen, and it's still hard to be like, "Yeah, that's what happened." Yeah, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would like to bring up uh another like kind of really sad point about their genesis, and that's you know when they move to that second town and they go to put up their flyers, and the police just like come to their house and like we don't want any gangs around here. Like that to me was one of the biggest points that that demonstrated that there was also absolutely a huge racism element towards them not getting picked up. Like, 
Yeah. It's almost like if, if a group of three white boys came with a band called Death, would they get picked up? Yeah, it's hard to know, but yes, I, I it would suggest maybe that's true. I it's a weird thing because I would say that Vermont still has a lot of racism in it. Uh it's like everything uh today where we're all waking up to the fact that, you know, we're predominantly white racist culture and that's how we built this place. And even in places that are progressive, quote unquote, it's still there below the surface. And so um, while that was pretty early on in the transition to Vermont's, you know, sort of liberal haven type of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's not exactly like that. I mean, I live here and I have lived in the South and I grew up in the Bay Area. And to me, living here is the scariest thing as a Jew, even though I know that most people I run into are like, you're Jewish. That's great. Nice to meet you. Uh, it, it's <laughs> they say that's great. <laughs> yeah, they're like super excited. I'm like, oh. well, it's okay. Uh, but the point is that I also know people um, that think I'm white and will say things to me, and I'm just like, whoa. And and that's not uncommon around here. So it's kind of a weird dynamic whoa. to have. I I don't think people came up to the Hackneys and gave them a hard time that often. And, but I think when they first got here, they had that experience. It was, they wouldn't have stayed. They wouldn't have stayed if it was that bad. But at the same time, um, there were things that happened. Mm. I don't know. I stayed too. People say so. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, because apparently every, every time you tell someone you're Jewish, they're like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the, the other Jews don't. They were like, eh. Whatever. <laughs> I've, I've seen it before, frankly. <laughs> Not impressing me much. That's right. Um, I like the name. The name Rockfire Funk Express was so, I thought, bad that it looped around to be pretty great. <laughs> I actually enjoy the name Rockfire Funk Express. That track they played was actually not that bad. Yeah, it was like, um, I... it was on the scale from death to the fourth movement it was closer to death for sure and it predated death so it's exactly like yeah. pretty kind of amazing yeah yeah i definitely enjoyed it and and the the name wasn't great but then once they explained it and it was very literal <laughs> that i was like oh this is a great name never mind i love it the last note that i wrote down was uh to um look into rough francis more i definitely want to check out their stuff do it. They have a few albums out. It's hard because, like, they have a, a few things on iTunes that you can get. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. you can, from other streaming sources, you can do that. They're still really kind of old school. They press albums, and that's the best way to get their stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But they are really one of the best live bands at this point. And there's a bunch of good, bunch of good bands around here that are playing out and have been playing for years and are very solid it's kind of surprising for such a small i mean there's only six hundred thousand people in vermont and there's only forty thousand in burlington so it's like really small but uh the quality of the music for this genre is actually really and like i said the drummers are amazing very cool it is, it is weird when sort of smaller areas or, or towns or cities or markets have like surprisingly impressive scenes of some sort it's odd when those just happen to pop up and like it must be just 
depend on a nurturing environment more than um, amount, I guess, right? Right. It's true. Well, it's like you had one drummer who then three drummers came out of his house, so. True. Well, this guy's keeping the drummer industry going single-handedly. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure the, the, the mother had something to do with it. She would have had to give birth, I guess. She, she's involved heavily, I, I would assume. There you go. Yeah. Tammy. Tammy's her name. Well, they're a lovely, lovely family, for sure. Incha, any other notes? <laughs> she shut us down. <laughs> yeah. I think, what? I think you're, I think, yeah. you're not even <laughs> listening? <laughs> <are> you? <laughs> you're just over it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, what are, so we hit, do we have any final sort of thoughts on the movie? You would um, recommend it? Everybody? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I would, re- I would recommend it. It's terrible. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would say no. Uh, are, there, are there any other uh, music documentaries or just other movies in general that we would recommend along the same lines as this one? Um, I don't know what they're called, but I honestly, the, the, there's one about Bad Brains and there's one about Fishbone that I would definitely recommend. And I would say that the three of those kind of work really well together. But I don't know what they're called. I think, wait, Every Day is Sunshine might be the Fishbone one. I don't know. Um, the Bad Brains one is called Bad Brains Abandoned DC. Yes. And Fishbone? Yes. Every Day Sunshine, the story I... of Fishbone. Cool. Okay, so yeah, check those out, I guess. I'll put those on the list. Uh, Michael, any re- recommendations from you? Um, I don't know. There are lots of good like music documentaries in lots of different genres. Um... What's a good one? 20 Feet from Stardom is a good one that I sort of watched recently, so that was in my head. Um, what else? Lots of good punk movies, I guess. Repo Man. Um, yes. Green Room. Uh, mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> Just anything with punks in it. Wait, I see a theme Wait. going. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Any any sort of music documentaries usually. Incha, what, what would you recommend? Um, Cobain, Montage from Heck, because I just watched it, it was really good. Uh, right. Searching for Sugar Man. Um, oh, yeah, that's the one I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what Happened, Miss Simone? Because that, like, bothered me a lot after watching it, and I don't understand why. Uh, I haven't seen that one. It's on Netflix. It's, yeah. it's so sad. Uh, Gimme Shelter, which... I feel like no one should ever watch, but you just should watch it, like, maybe, like, five times. Right. And, um... Just watch the one scene where the person dies. Just yeah, watch that, just one, watch that one scene. And... And just the easiest scene to watch. Yeah. <laughs> there was one oh, Everybody more. should watch, uh, Hype. Yeah. What's Hype? That's a documentary about, uh, the birth of grunge. And how it was basically a joke, like a local joke that the national media just took way too far and seriously. <laughs> That's it's awesome. what I've been saying about grunge for years. Perfect. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a genius documentary. It's so good. Oh, I'll have to ch- I'll write that down too. Hi. Um, I might recommend uh, Metal: A Headbanger's Journey, which is kind of looking at heavy metal from an anthropological point of view. You know what? That sorry, I, sorry to interrupt, but that reminds me, Anvil. This- yes that is so good yes that that movie rules so and canadians yep (laughs) yep 
Sorry, continue, Billy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. Uh, yeah, so that's what I recommend. And I haven't seen it in a few years, but I also might recommend uh, Rip, a remix manifesto, which is a really good documentary about, like, remix culture and the birth of that movement. So just on cool. the idea of, of movies about the birth of movements. So Very cool. Never heard of nice. that uh, yeah. Thank you for, for doing this, Ben. Yeah. For, uh, for thank you guys your for your time with us. Yeah. Oh, Ben, while you're here, do you have any anywhere that you would like to shout yourself out? Anything you'd like to promote while you're here? Uh, I'm on Twitter all the time at Ben Comics, and I'm retiring, so I'm promoting nothing. Thanks. And I'm happy to be saying that. Um, I really <laughs> appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's really fun and... Uh, Sorry if I talk too much, uh, but that's all right. No, we and, love having people on who want to be on. Perfect. So, and it's, I, it's I just ask people to be on. <laughs> and I love, and I love listening to the podcast. It's great, you well, guys. I, and the more you piss each other off, is the best. I mean, that's just, <laughs> as a fan of the uh, podcast, I love. Thank you. Thank you. jackets cost a lot no we got them at burlington coat factory those raincoats those designer coats that fur expensive no we got them at burlington those are terrific jackets let me guess right saved on them all at burlington so you saved on all these coats and jackets at burlington coat factory burlington has more of these at a lower price than anybody that's why they call it burlington coat factory it's america's number one place to save on coats